and welcome back to Trek Untold, the Star Trek podcast that goes beyond the stars. I'm your host, Matthew Kaplowitz. And in this episode, we're continuing to talk about Star Trek Picard Season 3. So we're now up to episode 308, the eighth episode in the third season. So by the way, if you have not caught up, there will probably be spoilers in this conversation. So you might want to press pause until after you've watched that episode and then come back here to check out this one. For those of you still with us now, though, today's guest is very, very exciting to talk to because this is a newcomer into the world of Trek and someone who's now been surrounded by all these great luminaries and has gotten a real crash course, pun perhaps intended, in the world of Star Trek. And that person we're talking to today is Ashley Sharp Chestnut. You'll recognize Ashley as Commodore Geordi LaForge's daughter, Sydney, who is piloting the Titan A alongside Captain Shaw, until Riker and Picard happen to come aboard and cause all the hijinks along with Seven of Nine that have brought us to where we are in the show now. For me, I think Ashley has been one of the standouts of this season because she's brought so much energy and enthusiasm and charisma into this character. And I could say the same thing about Ashley in real life because in this interview I had with her today, that same kind of energy, that same kind of feeling was happening with me. So she's a very genuine, high-energy kind of person and brings so much to the role of Sydney LaForge. Not gonna lie, I'm also like a lot of you folks out there, I'm absolutely shipping Jack Crusher and Sydney LaForge. And yeah, we're gonna talk about that too during this interview. Ashley has fit in so perfectly into the Star Trek universe. I think you're going to really enjoy what she has to say about our time on board that ship and with that crew. So let's go ahead and get on into things right now. But before we get to the interview proper, I do want to remind you out there, if you're new to Trek Untold, please follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram at Trek Untold. And if you're also on TikTok, well, guess what? So are we now. Yes, Trek Untold does have a TikTok. I'm not going to be doing any crazy Klingon mating ritual dances or anything like that, but I will be posting some clips there from the show. So if you're on that platform too, go ahead and follow us there. Shout out to all my Patreon supporters as well. Without you guys, I could not make this show happen each and every week. If you're in a position to financially help this show, please visit patreon.com slash trekuntold, and you can see the different ways you can help out this podcast at very small cost. There's all sorts of cool perks as well, including having the chance to ask guests on this show questions and getting these episodes before anybody else does. There's a bunch of other important links as well. You guys can check it out in the show notes for this episode, but I really just want to get right on into this one now. So without further ado, let's go ahead and meet with Ashley Sharp Chestnut. Computer, access interview file. So Ashley Sharp Chestnut, welcome to Trek Untold. So excited to chat with you today. Thanks for having me. So I just watched your Ray Room episode with LeVar and Mika Burton to prep for this chat here. And I got to say, like, seeing you and Mika together, I had to, like, double check your Wikipedia because I was like, am I sure that she's not related to LeVar Burton? <laughs> I mean, you two seem like real life sisters. And frankly, LeVar just feels like your dad. Uh, yeah. How did that happen? Oh, man, I think from jump, like when we first met each other on set, I like I met her briefly. I think she had like a hair test or like a camera test. I forgot what she had, but. We briefly crossed paths. Honestly, at that moment, I didn't know she was actually LeVar Burton's daughter. Um, I just was like, hi, nice to meet you. You know, can't wait to play sisters. And then I think I said this too in the ready room, but Jonathan Frakes told me that, no, 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 that's his actual daughter. And I was like, you would never know it. Like, she's so humble, so sweet. Um, And again, we just really hit it off. And then the fact that like LeVar too has been so kind, like, I remember first meeting him on on the lot. I was coming out of my trailer and so was he. And I just yelled across and I was like, hi, I'm Ashley. I'm going to be playing your daughter. And I just ran over and gave him a hug. And honestly, the bond has been strong ever since. That is so amazing. And like, were you much of a Star Trek fan before this? Because I do know from like checking out your Instagram, your like icon is actually Jordy LaForge. 
Yeah. And it's been like that since like 2017 or 2016. Wow. So I, I, this whole, this whole run, I've been like, yeah, I low key manifested playing, you know, this, this role. Um, but yeah, like my mom was a huge Trekkie growing up. Um, she would call me number one. So I, I think Star Trek has kind of always been ingrained, uh, in my brain from a young age. That is so cool. And, you know, you're on Picard. Now you're working with all these veterans of Star Trek, the true heart of the next generation crew. And you know, you're also getting to not just work with these people, but you're also getting to kind of be on the sidelines of watching them interact and perform with each other. Uh, describe to me what it's like to both work with these icons and then also be a fly on the wall in between takes and when they're doing their work with each other. Yeah, I mean, definitely a masterclass in just acting in and of itself, but also seeing their dynamic. Like I've heard of the the jokes and the pranks that they would like play on each other, but being able to see them banter with each other and and joke around, I, I think that's that's kind of what I'm taking away from this whole experience, like this whole idea of family. Like, you know, people talk about, oh, we're family, you know, but like these people are actually family. Like they were talking about knowing Mika before she was even born. And like, it's, it, it's just a testament to, to their own friendship and I guess family. Yeah. I think that's kind of like the core of Star Trek. You said it right there, especially for Picard right now, it's, it's all about family and the different versions of family. Uh, what's your take on that and how family has been a major part of the story for Picard? Yeah, I think uh, the major part for, you know, my character, Alondra's character, uh, Jack's character, like we're the children, the legacy, you know, of these iconic characters. And uh, and I think, too, you know, I had a line in episode 306 when I'm talking to LeVar and I'm like, he, he's LeVar's or excuse me, Jordy's like, they're not your family. And I'm like, yes, they are. You taught me that, you know, Sydney really like the crew is her family, you know, and, and, you know, she's been on the run with, with them and fighting for and alongside them. I, I think, like you said, like, that's what Star Trek is about. It's about family. And I think in this specific season, we're, we're seeing that not only via blood bloodlines, but, you know, through our crew too. I like how you kind of just blurred the lines by accident there of like saying, you know, Jordy and uh, LeVar. It's like, there really is no difference <laughs> with those two guys. Is there same person? <laughs> essentially essentially <laughs> yes was there a day that you were on set that you got to watch something that you felt was very special with these people performing yeah actually um i'd say in 306 uh when when i'm i think we're in the sick bay jordy's trying to to get data back online and everybody picards around uh i mean literally everyone is there uh, it, not necessarily what was filmed, but just being a fly on the wall and just being able to see them interact with each other. And because I think this was the first, I'm not sure if this was the first scene where all of them were actually together. I'm trying to remember, but just being able to see them, you know, back on set together for the first time, um, seeing them kind of get emotional too. And it, it was, it was really lovely to watch. So was there anybody on set, you know, you kind of talked before about how you've heard the stories of the pranks and that kind of stuff. But like when you're on set, is there anybody there who is kind of like goofing around or are they all kind of just like very serious? We have work to do. No, no, no. It, the, the set was very lighthearted, very lighthearted. Um, I feel like the most playful person, Jonathan Frakes, I, I think was the most playful, but and he also directed, too. So like seeing him joke around with the crew and and stuff, too, was really fun. Um, 
but yeah, no, I, there, there, everybody was the, envi- the whole environment was very lighthearted. Um, because again, they're family, you know, that, and, yeah. and, and you feel that. And with all, with all respect to your career as well, Ashley, I mean, con- compared to like these folks, I'd say that you're like the rookie almost in the room there, but yeah. I mean, it, it's gotta be just like a crazy thing to just walk into that set. Cause you know, you've done a lot of stuff in Hollywood now, but to be part of a Star Trek show, it's gotta be something special. So like, what, what was the first day like for you? We walked onto that set, onto that soundstage and saw like the bridge of the Titan. Yeah. When I first stepped onto the bridge, immediate goosebumps, like I had to take a moment to really breathe and just, and just be present because again, you like, you grew up watching these things, you know, and, and you're actually here and this is like a fan's dream to not only just be on the set, but to be the helmsman, to be able to have my own console, to interact, have these scenes with like seven of nine Picard, like all of these 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 iconic characters like I I again I keep saying it it's surreal but I'm, I'm super grateful to to have given the opportunity to to bring Sydney to life now, I know everybody has different things they do when they have a console in front of them so like what was your uh, idea with that thing in front of you uh I had to wing it at first and then I got in the groove uh <laughs> there's so many there's so many I don't think people realize how many buttons are on that thing and then I have to figure out because I have to be, like continuity is important I have to make sure I'm doing the same thing when we go into warp I can't just hit new buttons you know because there's a camera on our on my hands um you know when I'm flying the ship so I have to like have my own choreography and and figure out uh what to do and keep it and keep it the same and did you find like the techno battle to be one of the harder parts of this job? Uh, absolutely. It's harder than Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> but I will tell you this, memorizing anything outside of Star Trek after shooting this was the easiest thing ever. Brilliant. <laughs> you know what? I will say my brain had after <laughs> after the techno babble, like my brain is very sharp. At this <laughs> I'll say that. And yeah, I do want to come back to the, the part you mentioned too about Jonathan Frakes directing you. Cause I, I've talked to a lot of folks before about, you know, being directed by him. I would love to hear your take on, you know, having this guy, William Riker, basically he's calling the shots now in the scene. Uh, what's that like for you? And what kind of a director would you say he is? He's really an actor's director. And I, but I, I think he, he gets it. Like he's also an actor, you know, but he has the eye, he has the, the verbiage to like get across, uh, a performance that he needs to see from the director's chair, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, if I'm not, I'm trying to remember a specific moment. Uh, I think it was a moment when we're like holding our breath. I'm not, was that episode 304 or 305? I'm trying to remember um, where we're holding our breaths. Cause we're, they, he's Ships losing and, oxygen and losing power. Yeah. He took it from life support and stuff. And, and I, I remember my face, I wasn't giving a specific performance and he just was like, uh, just remember, like, you know, we could die. This could be the last moment. And like, just having him say that, you know, really helped me um, get into the mindset, you know, I, I think as an actor, mm-hmm. just tapping, tapping into something new, you know? Yeah. And that, that's really, I like that episode a lot. Also, like so much happens, such a tense episode. And, you know, Sydney as a character goes through a large emotional arc here. I mean, we're only up to 308 right now, but so mm-hmm. far, I mean, it's been a large emotional arc, uh, mentally, emotionally, that's all cool and important, but you went through a physical change also, which is kind of a rarity in the world of Star Trek. Like you got a yeah. haircut, which <laughs> does not happen. And I heard there's like some story behind the scenes with this one. So can, can you tell me what, the, what there's any truth to that? Yeah, sure. So I, I mean, I had this, the Bob, you know, beforehand, I wasn't, I wasn't really a fan of it. And from like, just seeing it in episode one, I mean, it got a little better, uh, 
because they like change the wigs behind the scene. But from seeing myself from that first episode, I was like, oh, God, is there if there like a scene or a moment later on, you know, where I could possibly change it? And the the writers were like, well, there's this, you know, the changeling um, moment, you know, and I was like, oh, well, you know, obviously Sydney wouldn't want to see her dead body in the mirror, you know, again. So it just it justified that moment uh, to change it there. And that was like the only place in the script where it was justified. And I asked Terry, I was like, Hey, can I change my hair? And he was gracious enough to allow me to do it. And um, yeah, that's how, that's how the hair change came about. Yeah. Ashley, I don't know if you realize what a big, huge deal it is to happen like in mid season too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm also like, I'm super happy that fans are like, Oh, it makes so much sense. Like, yeah, obviously. Absolutely. She- you know, so I'm happy that like my choice to do it like was justified and that fans are on board about it. Yeah, that was a spot on choice. And it really shows like the passion and enthusiasm you have for the character of Cindy LaForge, too. And to kind of go on that, you know, I'd like to ask, what is your thought and keeping in mind that we are only up to 308, so we can't talk about what happens by the end. But, uh, you know, what was your initial thought of who Cindy LaForge is and what the journey was going to be for her, or what you were going to do with that character, with those words? Sure. Like I didn't, so I initially only signed up for like two to three episodes. Like really? I didn't know I would be throughout. Um, and so like, and then initially when I, when I got the casting breakdown, it was like, uh, she's charismatic, she's smart, uh, intelligent and, uh, strong. But it, I think we were definitely seeing a little bit of each of those adjectives, um, reflected throughout at least so far in these in these eight episodes yeah and you also got to have some serious action very recently in picard you had a fight scene where jack crusher is controlling sydney against some of Vatic's goons and I, i'd love to know how much of that was you how much of that was a stunt performer and how much fun was that to do oh my god so we started this back in december 2021 uh that was our first stunt rehearsal and then i think we had our second start stunt rehearsal in january 2022 and then we shot it later in January, later, later half of January. Um, oh my God. So the only, so I think at least what's shown in episode 307, I had another fight scene, but they cut it out. But the role is my stunt double Cena, but the actual ducking from the punches, that's me. The phaser shot is me. But yeah, I, I mean, shout out to my stunt double. She made me look really cool in that role. Um, but yeah, it was so much fun. That was my first time doing stunt, stunt work, uh, at least to that degree. Like I've held guns and stuff on other sets, but like actually doing fight choreography outside of like my theater training with like swords and stuff like, yeah, this was so cool. And I I love your like Mortal Kombat foot sweep that you do to one of them also. Yeah. (laughs) That's like classic star. I was waiting for a double axe handle from you, Ashley. Hopefully there'll be some more in the future. Hopefully. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I do ask this question to like all the guests I've had on the show here, but since you got to do a fight scene, extra curious here, what's it like wearing that uniform? Oh, man. Uh, so I can, t- I can actually speak to the uniform, too. So my, in like halfway through from the beginning of shooting to like halfway through, it was just a onesie. Um, mm-hmm. And then they they separated it halfway through. So it's like the top is awfully, obviously um, separate from the bottom. But uh Again, surreal, all the adjectives, because, I mean, you see this this uniform for decades, you know, and it's like, yeah. wow, I'm, I'm finally wearing a Starfleet uniform. 
Now you're surrounded by all of these legends of the franchise and you're doing these scenes and you know, I'm sure you got to spend some time with them off camera. So yeah. was there something that maybe like one of them said to you that you think is going to stick with you for the rest of your career that will maybe change the way you look at performing or, or change the way that you look at life? Yeah. I mean, I think Gates actually, we were, we were in our cast chairs and she was just like essentially saying like Star Trek will, is going to be a part of your life for like for the rest of your life. Um, and it's such a beautiful franchise to be a part of. And I think that really solidified it for me. And I was like, wow, cause she's been doing this for years, you know, and like, and she's back here doing it again. And it's, yeah, I just feel super lucky to be a part of this, this global franchise. Yeah. So Ashley, I know we can't talk spoilers or else Paramount is going to do unspeakable things to the both of us, but <laughs> Wishful thinking here. Do you believe that we're going to see more of Sydney LaForge in the future? Uh, and does more importantly, does Ashley Sharp Chestnut want to remain a part of the Star Trek universe? Uh, absolutely. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Given the opportunity to jump into uh, hashtag Star Trek legacy, I would jump at the chance to do it. I We're definitely not done with Sydney's storyline. Um, and there there's a lot more, I think, to explore with not only Sydney, but the rest of our bridge crew. Um, you know, Jack, Alondra, I mean, Alondra, I, I, there's so many things that I'd love to see, you know, happen with a lot of these characters, you know? And since we haven't really talked too much about Ed, I mean, I'm really enjoying the way the relationship is happening between Ed and, uh, rather between, you know, Jack Crusher, uh, and between Cindy. So that guy's just so handsome. <laughs> How hard is it to do scene with that guy? Uh, but he's funny. I, I, and I think we're seeing Jack being, you know, so serious on the show, but Ed in real life is hilarious. Um, yeah. so yeah, I think <laughs> just seeing our dynamic, uh, I I'd love for fans to continue to see that some more. <laughs> it was absolutely the OTP of Star Trek. Uh, and the fans have like totally latched onto that as well. Oh my God. They're shipping us. Like we have a hashtag now, LaCrush. It's, <laughs> it's, it's insane. <laughs> did you ever think you would be part of a Star Trek OTP? No, 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 I did not. But honestly, I'm embracing the ride. <laughs> all right well awesome well ashley thank you so much for chatting today really appreciate your time I'm loving what's happened with the character i'm so annoyed we can't talk about what's happening in the last two episodes because we're not there yet but uh you're doing an amazing job amazing performances so thank you so much for chatting today thanks we'll chat again soon thank you so much thank you again ashley for chatting with us telling us a lot of really awesome stories i love her enthusiasm i love her energy i love the fact that she has really become not just a part of the star trek family not just part of the La forge family but really a part of the burton family which is such a cool thing to have happened that's all thanks to star trek so thank you as well for being a part of the trek untold family with this episode i hope you'll come back again for more until then don't forget to follow us at trek untold on twitter instagram facebook and now TikTok. Whether you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or whatever else you may be, or watching it on YouTube, please make sure to subscribe to this show no matter where you're checking it out. And if you can, leave a rating, review, or a comment. If you'd like to help this show out, please consider visiting patreon.com slash trekuntold to see ways you can contribute to the show. And by the way, you don't need to be a paying member to join Patreon. There's still plenty of free updates there for me as well. So do check that out. As always, I am beyond grateful that you came and watched this episode. So thank you for doing that. And with that said, that wraps us up for this week and another episode of Trek Untold. So until next time, I'm Matthew Kaplowitz. And remember, fortune favors the bold. Trek Untold is sponsored by treksphere.com. Promoting fan-produced Star Trek content in all forms is powered by the Rageworks Podcasting Network and is affiliated with Nerd News Today.